Here's the question. How do you make the impossible possible? Simple. Remove the I am, the ego. Now, how do you step into that newfound possibility? With a series of small intentional steps. Never forget, the greatest among us started from humble beginnings. But to truly unlock your potential, realize you're here for something greater. If you're yearning for more than just a good life, let's take that small step together to reach greatness. Welcome to the Greatness from Small Beginnings podcast, where we're talking to those who have gone from mediocrity to motivated, overlooked to overachieving, forgettable to unforgettable. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome, Gary. I want to introduce Gary Akiyama. I've known Gary for quite a while. I would not, I would not say we're, we're friends, like we're advanced acquaintances. Like there's never an issue, right? right? right. We always have pleasant conversation, right? We see each other at church uh, often or uh, occasionally at some other event, uh, very occasionally. Yes. But we've spent some time sitting on a board with each other. True. Right. Yes. Absolutely. And you know, working on projects from that standpoint, more more thinking probably than actually hands on in those cases. But my main connection with Gary's family is through his wife. We, Anne and I, have done a lot of ministry projects together over the years. Almost all children's ministry. She has a real heart for that. I have a lot of children. Kind of pushed my heart that direction. Right. And so we. I wouldn't call it collided, like we were just in the same zone, in the same rooms often, and often I was in a leadership position, but not always. Sometimes we were just working together, and then I would sometimes tuck in under her to be helpful to her, and it was mostly church-related, of course, but uh, one of those stories was uh, I was leading a ministry that at our, our little church in southeast Portland got up to almost 300 kids. That didn't include staff, That didn't, and it was complete craziness. And man, was I happy to have the, her shoulder to shoulder working on those kinds of things. Of course, there was a lot of staff that was also really great. And I've always, as I was on my way here, I realized, you know what? Gary was part of that. Now, was he at the facility often during those times? No, but in much the same way that when my wife serves in something, I'm in. It, like, we're in the same boat. So my wife and I, we're rowing together through this life, and when she's involved in something, so am I. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, definitely supported Anne in that role. And uh, like you said, Keith, uh, you got to be all in. That's the only way it's going to work. But uh, once again, hey, thank you for inviting me to your podcast here. Yeah. I'm uh, honored to be on it. And I was just thinking the other day when you asked me, like, really? Why do you want me? <laughs> but, yeah. but anyway, we, we, we've been acquaintances. I'll say we're friends, but yeah. you know, we're not really tight friends, but that's okay. I mean, yeah. we, I think we have a mutual respect for each other. I certainly yeah. have a, a big respect for you and, and your family. Yeah. Yeah. So do I. So, we're going to be going into the, the story, the Gary Akiyama and, and, and Anne and the family story a little bit. And so as we push into that, let me uh, preface it by saying, you know, the name of the, the podcast is Greatness from Small Beginnings. Well, it, part of my story is my dad's, uh, his father wasn't around, so my dad broke cycles. 
okay. giving me the opportunity to not carry that kind of baggage. Right. Right. And so he's created. Now, he, if he was sitting right here, he would admit he was not the greatest father. He didn't have an example. He was not even the greatest. Uh, he was in business for a while, not a great businessman. Had to get out of the business, you know, so it wouldn't go broke. <laughs> right. And and so from that standpoint, he had these things that eh, maybe in some ways we would call them failures, but what he succeeded at was breaking bonds from the past generations, generational curses, so to speak, that so that me and my brother and my sisters could have opportunity. I suspect there's some of that in your story too. So your parents. Did they immigrate here from Japan? Is it did I do understand that part of the story? Well, my grandparents immigrated from Japan. Okay. But actually my uh, my parents, my mom and dad were born and raised here in the United States. Oh, okay. Actually in Hood River, Oregon. And that's a story in itself as you know, uh, they were uh, interned in the internment camps when uh, uh, Japan uh, remember when they bombed mm-hmm. Pearl Harbor on December 7th. And that started things uh, becoming real tough times and rough times. Uh, And ironically, though, my dad at the time was in the U.S. Army. So it's kind of (laughs) an oxymoron that, you know, here they are interning uh, my mom and and her brothers and sisters and, and her parents and relatives. And yet my dad, he was never interned because he was in the U.S. Army. And he was part of that uh, world-famous 442nd uh, Regiment uh, that was known as uh, Go for Broke because they, they fought in, in the military uh, for the United States, even though all their family and relatives were interned. Um, but the reason that we got labeled Go for Broke is they wanted to prove their, their loyalty to the United States because they were U.S. citizens at and the time. Was, and it was mostly Japanese who were in that Right, it was all, unit. all yes, all Japanese or Hawaiians, but, you know, of, of Asian de- descent back then. They were in that unit. They were in so that they, unit. So they had a purpose, uh, uh, even a higher purpose. Correct. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so, uh, so, you know, we uh, had to leave, or not me, but my parents and relatives had to leave their farm. They had a farm in Hood River which is a big agricultural area mm-hmm. uh, to, back then and still is to this day, right. you know, with a- apples and mm-hmm. uh, cher- cherries, cherries yeah. and, and pears and, and even some peaches. And so they had to leave their property or sell their property like pennies on the dollars. I mean, it was ridiculous. They didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. They had to sell that. But through all that, Keith, it's ironically as they came back, and, and for, they were fortunate that they got their land back. They had uh, neighbors that were sympathetic to what happened to them and to the war and everything, and they were one of the very few, the fortunate few, that got their land back. Mm. So That is an, probably an amazing story. Had we been there, a fly on the wall to see that, that, right, that right. would have been. There's a lot of grace there, a lot of like mercy. Right, right. So yeah. that's wow. kind of the background and growing up with uh, my parents and, and dad, I can still to this day of even the business and things I've done, he's always said, you know, have good morals, good ethics, and, and, uh, and just good respect for uh, everybody because you, you don't get respect, it's earned. And, and even more so in, in their plight that they're in, 
you may not like the situation, Gary. Uh, you know, hey, look, you're Asian, you're Japanese. It could be a tough world out there, but if, if you're respectful, uh, that will uh, speak for itself. So I've always yep. learned that, thought that, Keith, and, and even to this day, I implement that in what I do. Yeah, that high level of integrity. Right? Correct, correct. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit of your story, and you might dovetail some of that, that influence. You know, I, I know my dad didn't talk a lot about his story, where he was shorted in life, or he didn't have right. whatever it is he wanted his kids to have. He didn't actually spend a lot of time talking about it. And maybe you can kind of push into that a little bit too, but as how did that affect you and, and your not a desire to, to kind of honor that, that they did, that hard thing they went through, hard things, the periods right. of life. Like, how do you honor that? And what have you done, so to speak, with your life as their son? Like, Jerry, what are you going to do with your life? <laughs> what have you done that has kind of honored that for them? Yeah, that, that's, you know, like my dad, uh, he didn't really want to talk about the war too much, or and especially they didn't want, my family didn't want to talk about the, the internment camp. Um, in fact, they really didn't talk about it much until I started asking questions. I think maybe I was in in uh, high school, maybe mm-hmm. late junior high, but they really didn't want to talk about it. And when I would ask them questions, they would it would be short answers. Yes, no, maybe. I mean, it was very, mm-hmm. very vague yeah. um, until I got older. Then, you know, they would tell me more details. It was like, you don't need to know what you don't know type of thing almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could tell that uh, they wanted us, my brother and I, uh, to uh, really earn respect in the community, earn respect when we went to school or when we had our, our jobs after school, not necessarily on the farm. I, I, I did uh, other jobs in in my hometown, um, mm-hmm. kind of guiding myself toward what I kind of wanted to do but wasn't sure. I, I know... Uh, I didn't want to be a farmer. <laughs> that's hard, became, hard work. It became obvious. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's hard work, getting up at 5 or 6 in the morning and coming home about 5 or 6 in the evening. Uh, no, I, I did it because, you know, I, and I'm glad I did it now because looking back now over my life, that was, you know, probably one of the best parts of growing up, uh, doing hard work. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, I wanted to show respect to, to my parents. That was one way to honor them you know, uh, of yeah. what they went through. And, and uh, even though that was my not my intention to have a farm, but it helps me to this day just in the good work ethic. Yeah. And, in one way or another, I have six boys and a, and a girl. As you, as you know. Right. In right. one way or another, each of them have either by their actions, but all the boys, I believe, but maybe with except one, have come to me at some point or another had said something like, back in the day, I hated you. <laughs> right. Because I have a construction business. Okay. And it's early morning. Yep, yes, you do. And, and, and what inevitably happened is they had big plans on Friday. We'd work late on Friday. That just It seemed like it just was the way it worked right. every week. Right. And they said, but I hated you back then. Man, get up, bro. I didn't <laughs> want to do any of that. And I, they actually, one of them actually said those words. Back then, I hated you. But today, because of something that happened where they had to work extra, long day, put in extra effort, multiples of the same effort, 
Each of them have said, but I appreciate it. I really appreciate it. My friends were on vacation with their family and I was working. Now I see the benefit. Right. Well, yeah. yeah. And, and we couldn't go on vacation when most people did because that was the, the uh, time for harvesting. You know, when you have uh, the, the apples and the pears and the uh, cherries and, and all that, 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 you know, peak month is basically the whole summer yep. through fall. So it was uh, real tough to go on vacations like maybe your neighbors did or other people, your friends mm -hmm. would. And so we sometimes went on vacation, sometimes not. And it wasn't very long if it was a vacation. Yep. So a little discipline, a little disappointment there. But I think it makes you tougher. And, and uh, that's part of, as I look back at my life now, part of the, the good morals, the good ethics, and being respectful, but, you know, being hard workers. Um because I, you know, nowadays I, I, you know, people complain about, oh, I gotta do this or that. And I go, man, you have no yeah. idea. It creates a tenacity. Yeah, you know, just yeah. A stick to it. Right. It. That that grit. That, that grit. That, yeah. yeah, that's a great word. For yeah. It. So, uh, so actually, in hindsight, that was probably one of the best things that ever happened. <laughs> like yeah, your kids, Keith. Right. At the time, I went, oh man, this is not for me. Yeah. I, but sure. you know, you do it out of respect, uh, and and so. So actually, you know, I could say now that I'm glad I, I went through things like that. And it prepares you for, I think, the future of, of things to come in your life that you don't even know yet. Oh, you know, no way to know. And yeah. we still don't know some that are coming. Right, right. So yeah. anyway. So run me through after you graduated high school, just kind of where'd you go to college? What did what'd you do? Like, tell me a little bit about your life. Sure. Yeah. After high school, uh, went to college, went to uh, Oregon State. Okay. Go beefs. Go beefs, yeah. Although now I don't know what the future is going to be with the pack, pack two, as everybody says. Uh, but and, right. yeah, so I went to Oregon State, uh, actually did some unique things there that maybe I don't even know if you know, Keith. Uh, I uh, wanted to, since no one really knew me per se, I thought, okay, I, I could kind of do things and and not have anyone look at me like, really, you want to do that? So I don't know if you know this. Uh, I guess everybody's going to know now, but I was Benny Beaver back in 1975, 76. Yes. Actually, I, I did know that. Okay, did and you? Actually, actually, I watch them to this day going, <laughs> Gary did that. You know, that is not as easy as it looks. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't do a backflip or a somersault to save my life now. But, but uh, yeah, but I actually had to try out for that. And I was fortunate enough to try out for it and being in the beaver costume. And uh, you're supposed to be anonymous, right? Well, I lived in the fraternity there at Oregon State. So uh, all my fraternity brothers. Pretty hard to be Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I, they knew, but most people didn't. But, you know, yeah. word gets out. Oh, for sure. So uh, I'm glad I did that. That was in back, gee, in 1975, 1976. Yeah. I was Benny Beaver. Yeah. Um, then also, uh, you know, did uh, my major was journalism uh, uh, with a minor in uh, business and law. And um, uh, took me five years to graduate, I'll admit that, uh, because actually when you're with, uh, doing the mascot, you travel with the football team, with the basketball team. Uh, I wouldn't say you're an athlete, but, you know, it's on that same schedule. So it took less hours in, uh, academically that one year. And so, you know, but I knew it was a, uh, 
lifetime event. You know, how many yeah. people can say they did that? Yes. Yeah. So, so I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. So, and then after that, uh, graduated and uh, just uh, lived in Portland, uh, looking for a job opportunity. Always liked doing investments or something with finances mm-hmm. uh, or something with the economy. And so I uh, uh, got into uh, being a financial consultant, uh, doing 401k plans, mutual funds, uh, annuities, things like that. So that was mm-hmm. a bulk of my career. Yeah. Um, and then fast forward to not, not too long, you started a company. Like, right, right. Yeah, I started uh, doing think, that. Yeah, I worked for a firm in Portland, uh, you know, and see how if I really liked that, I did, and uh, moved up the ranks in that company uh, all the way to uh, to be a vice president. And I thought, gee, I always wanted to start my own company someday. So I did back in 2001, uh, started uh, my, my company, and actually to this day still have it. But I'm in the process of uh, selling that company now, um, because I uh, have another passion that the Lord's called me to, okay. So um, I'll be, you know, have my company going until um, probably the end of this year, maybe beginning of next year. Um, I'm in the process of uh, selling it or turning my book over, actually, to my son-in-law. So that works out great because he's in the same field and even has more credentials than than I do. So I think it's going to be a good fit for my clients and, and for him. In his com- in the company he works for, good. So, as you transition into that business and all all of that, you know, I, I go back to the name of the podcast. So, you came from a farm, right? And then you. Now we're not talking about like gross earnings or anything like this, but you, I mean, did you, do you feel like you kind of made your way a little bit? I think I, I did. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm a pretty humble guy, as you know, and really yeah. don't say too much. Uh, with the broker-dealer I was with, uh, I was rated uh, the number one guy in the nation for, I think it was six or eight years straight. Uh, so that brought a lot more respect. And not that I was looking for it, but uh, I think it goes back to the farm days with uh, good morals, good ethics, good uh, working standards because mm-hmm. uh, yeah I, I we talk about grit yeah it was almost 24 7 it would bug and crazy that yeah. I'd get up way early in the morning look at what the markets did internationally and stuff and she goes what are you doing up three or four in the morning and you know what? yeah 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 because I want to know what what happened already overseas because when mm-hmm. we we start our day they're already done you know, yeah, so yeah. It, and it could, as you know, it's a global economy and things affect uh, uh, each other, uh, whether you like it or not, or what happens overseas or not. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, maybe I was too fanatical about it, but you know, when you do something like that, Keith, I'm on, or whatever I do, I'm all in. Mm-hmm. You know, I, mm-hmm. I believe that's the only way you can do it. Okay, now we're now we're almost out. Yeah, now we're almost out. So, talk about this next piece of, and I'll use the term, <laughs> use, use greatness. Like, I think we're put on this earth to do something great. I mean, right. that's obvious. Right. Like, right. It's in the intro. It's in my heart. Right. I try to teach it to my kids, my grandkids. No, you're here to do something great. Right. Now, it doesn't mean you can, you can play as an NBA center, <laughs> right? Right. Because you're lower five foot <laughs> something tall or me either. I, I right. did not have the ability, honestly, to 
play football like was my dream when I was five and six and seven years old. That's not that was not possible. But right. we have opportunity out in front of us. We have opportunity for greatness that's instilled in us. Right. So here yeah. you are, I don't know, you know, in your in your sixties, right? And now, right. now you're doing something new. And this is part of the process of getting you've gone to some greatness. And now you're now literally you're stepping. Right. Right. So what's that look like for you? Not necessarily what are you doing, how are you doing it, but more of mindset. What what's next for you? Well, the the mindset is uh you know, prayed about it a lot. So I, I'm a prayer warrior. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm pretty pretty happy go lucky guy, pretty quiet. So uh, a lot of people don't understand the other side of me. Um, but I guess they will now since we're doing this. Uh <laughs> So I, I'm a big prayer warrior, and so it's coming to the Lord and saying, "Okay, now what?" Like you're mentioning, mm-hmm. and but before that, the Lord was saying, "Okay, Gary, you know, I think it's time to retire into something else." And I go really because I kind of really enjoyed what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm in a groove here. Yeah, right? yeah, I'm enjoying what I'm doing now, and, and yeah. built this company up per se. And, you know, it's, it's a little company. I want you to think it's a big company. It's very t- little. Um, but the Lord says, no, I think I have something better for you, mm. you know, and, and something that basically it's, he's telling me, I'm not done with you yet, so you're not going to retire. Yeah. I mean, the joke be- between my wife and I uh, was that I'm, I was retired for maybe half an hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did that work out for you? <laughs> so here, so, so, well, it did. It must it, not it, have worked it, out it, too well. It, no, it, well, at the time we talked, but it worked out. Uh, she's very gracious and she knows I got to be doing something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause she, she retired uh, last December. Okay. And so, so our goals were to do things and travel and, you know, just do nonprofit uh, organizations and just help out. Mm-hmm. And so this opportunity came up. Well, I guess I need to go back a little bit. I had that tie in with Multnomah university okay. here in Portland, Oregon. Uh, I had my, uh, 11th year there, but 10 years of it was part-time on the side. I was the uh, assistant coach for the women's basketball. Okay. Now you say, really, Gary? Yeah. I mean, on. you're five foot what? <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're in basketball? <laughs> well, the other story of, of, of me that you don't know is I, I worked a little bit, uh, taught and coached at Portland Christian High School okay. in junior high. That's where I went to high school. Yes, know. I know. Yeah, I yeah, know yeah. that. That's and, and so coached uh, basketball yeah. there and baseball. Uh, I, I'm a sports fanatic as well. I mm-hmm. uh, love sports. I think I have a – my philosophy is a little different. You look at me and go, really? He's a sports guy? You know, so mine's more analytical in my mind. Yeah, I you know, going to say uh, you're a strategist. My strategist, yeah, and then, analyzing yeah. and so forth. Yeah. Uh, so you want to uh, use that part. I mean, athletics, yeah, I'm okay. I mean, you know, I'll – I could be competitive, but you know, I'm not gonna be an NCAA D1 player by any stretch of the imagination. But I, I like sports, so I did that at Portland Christian. Uh, then, uh, uh, lo and behold, about 10 years ago, Multnomah University was starting up a now. Now going back again, 1985, 1986, I was the assistant men's coach there for uh, Coach Jim Skagen. Uh, may he rest in peace. And that's how the basketball court's named Jim Skagen Court now. Um, and because uh, he had heard about uh, me somehow, uh, probably from my uh, 
I don't know. Anyway, so from there, uh, I did that for a little bit and then went to uh, uh, Portland Christian. And then um, from there, I um, just kind of laid low after that. Uh, got a call 10 years ago now from uh, the athletic director and the men's, uh, the ladies' head coach there, uh, Tim Bieri. They were starting a, a, a women's program. And so, you know how word of mouth is in small oh, yeah. world. They c- reached out to me and asked if I'd be interested in, in being the assistant coach there, or, or Tim did actually. And uh, so we talked and I said, yeah, why not? So basically, we started that program together. And lo and behold, that's how I ended up back at Multnomah on a part-time basis. And then currently, <laughs> this is a long story, but uh, I'm at Multnomah University full-time as one of the associate vice presidents and also the head men's golf coach, which is another thing. Okay. I, I love golf, and, and that's sports-related. So, yeah, so I know it's a long way to get there, Keith, but that's yeah. kind of the Reader's Digest version. <laughs> yeah, and so that is the pathway to... You mentioned your kind of your faith, your your prayer, and I assume you you don't just pray this way. You you listen, right? Right, absolutely. And so, and so this is this is one of the things that God's put on your heart. It lo- it sounds like right it's part of the part of the legacy you leave, part of the greatness. Right, right, and that's yeah. it's why I'm I'm in the process of uh, you know selling my business, and and uh, hopefully my my son-in-law has taken over some of it already. Uh, like I told you earlier, I gotta be all in. And it's not fair to my clients to do both. Mm-hmm. And the Lord's calling me to, to do this now at this time of my life. Uh, once again, he tells me, you know, there's a purpose. I want you there, Gary, at Multnomah. Uh, I'm not done with you yet. And uh, so your choice, you can be obedient to me or not. Well, that's a no-brainer to me. Of course, I'll be obedient to the Lord uh, and there's some yeah. things, you know, I don't know what I don't know either, but uh, that's where you go on faith big yeah. time. Yeah, that's for sure. I just heard an hour, a couple hours ago when I was on the phone with somebody, they said that uh, uh, listen and obey or, or the versions of listen and obey is said in Scripture 331 times. Now this person loves facts like this. And right, like, right. And he's like, but 331 times? That's a lot. That's a lot. If you don't get it by then, it's a pretty big book. But but the idea that must must be one of the themes, right? So if we want greatness, if we want prosperity in our life, if we want, however you define success, uh, what I prefer to call fullness, fulfillment, then what are the keys to that? Well, it sounds like obedience. Absolutely. To the master, right. to the one that's speaking to us. Right. Uh, even to make it more interesting, and, and maybe you folks out there haven't heard, it's pretty recent, maybe the last, what, three or four weeks now, uh, Multnomah University uh, merged your acquisition from Jessup University in Rockland, California, which is in the Sacramento area. So we will be now known as the Multnomah campus of Jessup University. Okay. That, that's a great thing, folks. I mean, a lot of people go, whoa, whoa, whoa. But, you know, uh, the same uh, values, same beliefs, uh, putting the Lord first, uh, 
and uh, teaching for the for the kingdom uh, for the to these students and athletes. So I uh, met with their athletic director a couple weeks ago, and they'll, they'll keep the sports at Multnomah as, of course, as Jessup University as well. And so uh, another exciting uh, uh, move uh, from the Lord. So <laughs> never a dull moment, Keith. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, so that's the, that's the story. That, right. Tell me a little bit, the thumbnail, when, when did you find faith? Was that from your parents? Like, you know, you've mentioned it, but we don't know where that started. Right. And then obviously we figured out by listening to you that that's, that's a big part of how this plays in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But where did it start and how did it grow to the point where you listened? You know, you listened and obeyed. Right. Right. Uh, well, I guess if you want to get the... Footprint of it uh, would be, ironically, my, my parents would take my brother and I to church in Hood River uh, almost every Sunday, and they would uh, uh, drop us off there, but, uh, <laughs> but they wouldn't go. But they said, this is good for, for you and, and, and your brother. I go, oh, okay. So it, it, so I guess the, so there's a foundation the foundation there, but... but you know, do you want to know really when it really started? I mean, I'd have to say about f- 45 years ago. Uh, Ann and I have been married 40 years. That puts you in your 20s somewhere. R- right. Yeah, okay. And uh, and I remember when we were di- first dating, uh, you know, I uh, really liked her and, and vice versa. But there was at one point, I forget what date it was, that she would uh, implement to me that, oh, do you, do you want to go to church with me mm-hmm. on Sunday? And I go, church, <laughs> you know, yeah. What are you talking yeah, about? yeah. Well, yeah. but I know her, I know it, her parents. Yeah. And yeah. That was really important. To yeah. Have, right. 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 Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, I liked her enough that I said, okay, I'll, I'll go. Yeah. I'm figuring I got nothing to lose. God's got, God's got ways. Yeah. Of yeah. Yeah. yeah which I didn't know was going to evolve into what it is today. But so I said, sure, I'll go and, and, and went with her and enjoyed it. That was, mm-hmm. uh, see, I can remember it was pastor Jim Allen, oh, yeah. uh, that was, uh, past performed our w- wedding ceremony. Okay. Almost 41 years ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So went and yeah, this isn't too bad, you know. You know, I liked the music, and people were f- nice and friendly, and so forth. And and little uh, announced to me as Anne's uh, mom's prayer group was praying for me uh, because Anne made this comment as well. You know, we're unequally yoked. And you're <laughs> like, what? I go, what's that? And, 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 and you know, silly me, I'm thinking. Wait, there's an egg and there's yolk inside. So yeah, yeah. What's that got to do with Christianity? Yeah. What is that? Yeah. And and so, you know, once again, I didn't know what I didn't know back then. Uh, and then so she explained it to me and, and so forth. And and uh, so I just started going to church uh, together with her. And I forget after how many years. Uh, at some point, I remember at at night in my, uh, my own apartment, uh, it hit me, and I remember getting this little Gideon Bible. Remember those orange Gideon yep. Bible, little small ones? Uh, yeah, the little and, New Testament, yeah, plus, yeah. plus Psalms and Proverbs. Right, right. Yeah. And, but there's a, a piece in there, uh, a p- couple pages, if you want to accept the Lord. And it's, it's, 
hard to describe, Keith. It was just kind of a chill went through me like this. And, and I went, oh, man, what the heck is that? And it's just kind of leading me in the thoughts in that Gideon Bible. And okay, I'm going to... I didn't really look at it before, so I opened it up and, oh, if you want to accept... So I did that uh, that night and, of course, let Ann know uh, the next mm-hmm. day. And and it started going from there. Yeah, so that's a, that's a great point. I love that. So you opened it up. It offered you something. Right. Which you didn't know much about. Right. And you took the offer, so to speak. Right. And so you did the thing. Like you, you said, well, it says yeah. to do this, so that's right, right. You know, what you did, more, right. or, more or less. And right. I, I've done that myself. Right. But you don't know much. No. Right? No, I'm just an infant in that right. stage. Yeah. And and so, and then and then God does something. Yeah, right. Kind of confirm and affirm us. Right. That That says... That was good. You're on the right. You're on the right path. Right. right? How was that for you? Like, uh, obviously, there was confirmation. You told Anne, "Well, this is what I've done." But it could have been an act. But it wasn't it, an it, act. Yeah. So, so how did how did that come out in you? And then how did that come out to, to others to say, "I this really happened. Something yeah, really happened." Yeah. There. No. I knew. No, it wasn't a fake. I wasn't doing it just for doing it because mm-hmm. it was just that chill, like I said, and made me like this. And and that and, was prior to actually opening. Right. It, it was just. Yeah. Like, that was pri- told you to do it. Right. That was pr- prior. That was bizarre to me. Like, okay. oh, whoa, what is going on here? You know, and um, mm. it prompted me to pull out that drawer and grab that Gideon Bible and turn that page. Um, I thought, I felt good about it, actually, yeah. Keith. I it's felt a miracle. I felt good. I felt confident. I felt good. Um, I didn't know what I didn't know uh, from that, that, there, but, but I thought, yeah, this has got to be a good thing. Yeah. And, yeah. and then, okay. and then started, uh, going to church and getting involved, uh, there and in those groups, you know, um, but, um, yeah, it, it's, you know, I wouldn't have believed it if it didn't happen. I mean, you hear stories about that, and people tell you this stuff. I can believe it now, but beforehand, I went, "Come on, really?" Yeah. You know, I think it's all in your head. Well, I'm here to tell you, it's not all in your head. It's the real deal. It's the real deal. Yeah, yeah. And your life now, My, all it, these years later, right, proves it. Right. And and not just you, your family, those around you. Right. Right. Yeah. The, the the church community we're part of. Right. If you look around and say, okay, these people really care about each other. Right. Well, even the yeah. athletes that I coach now, the yeah. the the golf the golfers, I've got ten guys. Uh, you know, they're believers. They're pretty new at it, but so just the encouragement and how I can get involved with their lives or any situations or things that come up and there have been, you know, it's, it's not bulletproof by any means. Uh, you know, nowadays it's supposed to be right. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, but I take great joy and pride in being able to uh, speak uh, of the Lord to them and just talk about their situations and, and hear uh, some scripture we can read and, and I'll pray with them. And, and God, I, I enjoy that. That that's what a thrill it is to, uh, develop these uh, young men for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's almost as good as you know uh, a thing I can think of. Uh, yeah, and that's what it's all about—helping these uh, young men 
shape their lives and their future and their careers. Good. That's great. I love that story. Yeah. So one of them perhaps is listening to this or, or somebody in their car listening to YouTube, listening to us talk. Right, right. Or maybe it's someone, you know, on a walk with their ear pods in, right? Right. If you had one last phrase in regards to the fact that you've been put on this earth for something great by the creator, by God, what would you tell them? Yeah, one shot at it. I would tell them there's a reason you're here. There's a purpose that you're here. Uh, since God created you, he didn't create you just for the fun of it. He created you to have meaningful purpose, to make a difference, to um, the, just be uh, useful to him uh, on your time here on earth. Now, you may not know what that is yet. Uh, or maybe you don't even know what it is now. But if you just be obedient uh, to the Lord, uh, he'll always have your back. You know, I guarantee you. In fact, if I had to guarantee you anything, you know, it's probably the best thing I could guarantee you is that he loves you, that he has your back, and you just got to be uh, bold enough to accept him. You know, because, hey, you got what do you got to lose? You have nothing to lose. Mm. I mean, you know. Uh, he's the one that that that, that created you, and, and and you wouldn't be here if he didn't have a purpose for you. Yeah. So that that's what I would say. I agree. Good. That's great. Yeah. That's great. So right there, to all the listeners, that's a pathway to greatness. Right there. I think that's a, a start to it, at least. Yes. Yeah. Well, it, it, I mean, the pathway is yes. you got to get on. Yeah, you got to get. Yeah, you got to get on that path. Yeah, you yeah. got to get on the path, and, and that's the way to do it. And I say, don't be afraid. You, you got to be able to take risk, uh, calculated risk. But boy, if you accept the Lord uh, with all your heart and all your might, and you mean it, you get on that path. Don't worry about oh, what do I do next? Now, what do I do? Uh, it will come to you. The the Lord will open up opportunities or situations. And then you'll 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 know. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. You'll know. And yep. and and right now you're thinking, but I don't know, and that's okay. But you're, at least you're on the path. If you weren't on that path, nothing's going to happen. Right. Absolutely. You know. Good job. So that's what I'm thinking. I appreciate that, and I'm glad. I like to, this podcast to lay out at least the starting on the path, or maybe somewhere down the path. But thank you for that good word. Now I'll say to all the listeners, go be great.